Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, this week, we'll jump right into our conversation and delve into a topic of uh, interest, content accessibility and assistive technologies. And uh, with me today, I have uh, Carolyn DeRosier. She's a founder of and CEO of Scribly. And I've also got Trip Rems from Aurora, Hawaii, and I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bert. Glad to be here. Now, you know, as for some quick introductions, you know, I mentioned the companies, Scribly and um, Aurora, Hawaii, and, and maybe, uh, Carolyn, why don't you describe a little bit of what uh, Scribly does? Sure. So my company, Scribly, specializes in content accessibility solutions. Uh, So we focus on helping companies manage their images, videos, and podcasts, so any forms of content, and making sure um, that those forms of media are accessible to everyone. Great. And uh, and actually, you're located uh, in in California, right? So you're, um, and we'll kind of get to how I met you, but... uh, Where's your company base? I am, yes. I'm based in Northern California, near Lake Tahoe. Great. And uh, Trip, you're in Hawaii. Uh, tell us about Aurora, Hawaii. Thanks, Bert. Uh, so we're a uh, local consulting company that provides uh, website and document accessibility solutions for businesses, nonprofit organizations, and uh, state agencies. Uh, we work with numerous businesses and state agencies to uh, help them make their websites and digital content accessible for people with disabilities. Um, we provide website audits, document remediation, uh, video captioning, um, accessibility certification uh, for websites, uh, and a number of other services to support accessibility for uh, businesses, nonprofits, and uh, agencies. Great. And, and uh, maybe from, from your f- both perspectives, we, we all sort of met each other at a panel. And, and um, Carolyn, where did, where, what, what was the panel, what was the conference about? Maybe give us your perspective of the conference and how did, how did you get invited to this uh, all the way from you know, uh, Lake Tahoe, California? Yeah, so I felt so lucky to uh, visit beautiful Hawaii for um, the American Marketing Association Pacific Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a, a group of marketers, um, mostly from Hawaii, all getting together and uh, talking about, um, well, a lot of the, the sessions were on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so our talk on accessibility fit into that theme. And was that, was that for the most part, the, the theme of uh, the conference? Yeah, so that was a, a key focus area, and it is um, definitely relevant to marketers today. And what, yeah, what is it that made that particular topic so timely, in your opinion? Yeah, so accessibility it has always been important, right? Ever since we invented um, the Internet mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. use of um, digital technologies, um, it's always been important to make sure uh, that everyone can access those. And um, marketers playing a key role in developing content and um, reaching out to customers 
um, they are really, you know, oftentimes on the front lines of either building this content or actually making sure that the company is accessible. That's right. And Trip, how did uh, how did you get on the panel? And I, I'm still trying to figure out how I got on the panel too. But uh, Trip, you're in the you're in the business. So uh, with respect to the conference itself, uh, you probably knew a lot of the people, right? In the in the the organizing team as well as in the audience. Yeah, I knew a few. I presented actually at a specific uh, an AMA conference, marketing conference, mm-hmm. about five years ago. Um, so I had I had broached the subject of accessibility um, with uh, their staff and presented for uh, AMA members. And when they the topic of accessibility came up, uh, they thought of me, and I was invited to participate in the latest specific marketing conference. And I was happy that they did that. And and Trip, I mean, this is not something new to to you and your company. I mean, you've been around for a little while, right? Yeah. So I actually started working at the UH Manoa Center on Disability Studies mm-hmm. uh, as an IT specialist, and started doing accessibility work probably around 2004, 2005. So I've been I've been doing this for a long time, um, roughly 20 years. Uh, uh, helping uh, the Center on Disability Studies and other agencies um, make their content accessible for people with disabilities and assistive technology users. And, and um, Carolyn, you know, what's kind of cool about doing the show uh, is, is really, I'm, I'm going to kind of reprise a little bit of the, the panel discussion and, and what we talked about, because I think it's, it's relevant. We had a, we had a good audience, uh, but the topic is, is relevant. And and one of the things that I, I maybe have you do, Carolyn, is, you know, in terms of um, giving people a sense of what is it, what is it, how do we define things like, you know, digital access and inclusion? What it, what is it that we're trying to even the playing field for people that are, you know, wanting to be active and and a full participant on the web? Sure. So. When we talk about digital content, um, just think of anything that lives under a screen, right? So um, your mobile phone or your computer, um, the content that's present there. And uh, people who have disabilities oftentimes use uh, forms of assistive technologies to access the web or to access that digital content. Mm -hmm. And so accessibility is really focused on making sure that websites and digital products all function well um, and can be accessible to those assistive technologies that people are using. Um, that's oftentimes their access to information, uh, to content, to communication, to um, their social life, to anything, any number of things you can find on the web. Um, so it's important to always keep accessibility in mind um, at all times and when developing that content. And and Trip, you know, when when you hear the terms accessibility and assistive technology, how would you explain the one versus the other? Okay, so uh, accessibility would be the degree to which people with disabilities can access and use uh, information online in electronic documents and things like that. Um, And assistive technology is the means of achieving accessibility for people with disabilities. So it's the actual physical hardware uh, software and other devices that people with disabilities can use 
to access the Internet, electronic documents, uh, in a similar way that a uh, fully cited or someone with uh, full capacity would be able to do. Yeah, you know, I do want to give you both a chance to give us some actual examples of, of let's say, the work that you've done and how it uh, better enables somebody with a disability. And I'll let you choose, you know, which disability you want to want to speak to. But uh, well, to hold that thought, we'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our, our conversation with uh, Carolyn DeRosier. We got she's the founder and CEO of Scribly and Trip Rams from Aurora, Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Carolyn DeRosier, founder, CEO of Scribly, and Trip Rams from Aurora, Hawaii. And we're talking about content accessibility and assistive technologies. They were both part of a panel that we were on at a recent conference. And, of course, right before the break, we were talking about what is accessibility and what is assistive technologies that enable better access. And uh, maybe, uh, Carolyn, I mean, what what would you describe as being kind of examples, real-world examples of of uh, assistive technologies that, that help uh, people with disabilities, you know, better access this content? Sure. So Scribely focuses on content accessibility, images, videos, and podcasts specifically. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes, uh, we're, we're, the work that we're doing uh, directly impacts uh, people who are visually impaired or have hearing loss. Um, so to use an example of images, let's say, mm-hmm. if uh, you are blind or visually impaired, um, and cannot see those images, you might use what's called a screen reader, which is a form of assistive technology that allows someone to actually tab through or move through a website and listen to all of the content on uh, read out loud to them. So they're hearing all of the text uh, that's coming up, any buttons or links, as well as images. But when that screen reader technology encounters the image, if a description is not present, which is called alt text or alternative text, then the screen reader will, will skip over that image like it doesn't exist on the page and just continue on to, to find the next bit of text that it can read out loud. So what my company does is we focus on writing those descriptions, so those visual descriptions of images, so that uh, screen reader users can also understand what's happening in those images. And... and- uh, let's say you wanted to apply that to, let's say, a video. Um, how would how would that mm-hmm. technology get translated for for video use? Sure. So the accessibility requirements are a bit different for video. Uh, if someone is blind or visually impaired, it might be helpful for them to uh, use what's called audio description, mm-hmm. and um, you might have noticed that as a, a an option on. Hulu or Netflix um, that you can actually turn on audio description. And what that is is a voiceover or narration that plays during the audio pauses of a video that actually describe visually what's happening. So you hear the dialogue, you hear sound effects, and then you hear voiceover narration that provides that descriptive detail. Uh, So blind and visually impaired people can watch video content as well. 
So that's one way. Um, uh, another way would be if you are a person with a hearing impairment or a deaf, mm-hmm. uh, uh, captions may be very helpful with videos. So um, captions are very popular. We're not always watching video with sound. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's better. It's a better situation to just turn on captions. And that actually enables uh, people to understand um, the audio in an alternative format. So you're bringing up some really great examples. And you talked about images, you talked about video, and you also mentioned podcasts. What kinds mm-hmm. of uh, assistive technologies would you be able to enable for a podcast for a person that's, uh, let's say, um, hearing impaired? Sure. So with accessibility, we're always thinking about alternative formats. Mm -hmm. So podcasts uh, traditionally come in audio form. But if someone is um, deaf or hearing impaired, then they may need to access that content via transcript. There There isn't a video um, components. So we can't add captions in that scenario. And what we'd need is a, is a downloadable transcript, which is essentially a document um, that they can use their use a screen reader or use, you know, a read through on their own. Um, however, they want to actually access that information um, to actually navigate that transcript and uh, and understand the podcast content in an alternative form. Now, now, Trip, what what um, Carolyn just described is 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 this easily accessible to uh, you know the community out there with disabilities? I mean, in your in your work that you were doing at UH and you know the Center for um, Disability Studies, what if what have you uncovered in terms of how accessible are these assistive technologies from a from a let's say uh, budgetary standpoint? Uh, assistive technology has become more affordable for people with disabilities. In fact, there are a number of free products out there uh, that people with disabilities can use to access the web or electronic documents. So one example would be MVDA Screen Reader, uh, which I use on an almost daily basis. Um, there are other free tools out there like screen magnifiers and things like that. Um, so I would say access to Assistive technology is excellent for improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real issue with accessibility is that large parts of the web are still inaccessible to people with disabilities. So that's that's a major issue that we deal with and try to help businesses and agencies and organizations work through is making their digital content and their websites accessible for people with disabilities. And, and that means making them work uh, seamlessly with screen readers and other assistive technology. Um, so uh, that would be what I would cite as the biggest challenge at this point, not access to, not necessarily access to assistive technology. So, Tripp, what, what uh, Carolyn just described as a way to, you know, make images, video, podcasts more accessible uh, from, from what you have observed uh, in terms of making websites more seamless in, in uh, enabling that, what big step needs to be taken? Is it is it th- does it be is it um, on the shoulders of the content producers, or is it on the shoulder of the person with the disability trying to find the right tool so that they can you know now let's say read the transcript for a podcast? Yeah, in my view, the the 
burden lies squarely on the shoulders of the site owner or content creator. Um, so in many cases, accessibility is something you have to plan for to begin with. So for example, if I'm building a website for my business or nonprofit, uh, if I don't think about accessibility to begin with and ask pointed questions uh, to the, developer, the web developer that I've chosen to hire, uh, if they know about accessibility and what their level of knowledge is, uh, then it's quite possible that you're going to end up with a final product that doesn't work well at all for assistive technology users. So um, I, I would say the site content creators, site mm -hmm. owners and content creators would be the biggest, uh, would bear the biggest burden for accessibility. And, and uh, Carolyn, in terms of, let's say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, drive an initiative for digital equity and I want to achieve a level of digital equity for uh, communities with disabilities, what would you recommend as a, as a path to achieve equity given the tools that you are uh, familiar with? And perhaps even how would you convince some of the content creators to, to be more... Um, uh, empathetic to you know this particular community I think that it takes a company-wide commitment to accessibility mm -hmm. and really kind of embracing that in every single department every single team um, even defining specific roles and and how they contribute to making content accessible uh, because it really is something that that um, requires a lot of different skill sets Right? It requires content creators like marketers um, and also IT professionals uh, working on some of the more technical pieces of that accessible content. So it needs to be baked in from into the company values and mission. Um, and, and oftentimes what, what's helpful in that case is to actually create what's called an accessibility statement. And that's a, a statement that a company makes uh, about their commitment and the actions that they're taking specifically to improve their accessibility. Um, it also provides uh, kind of accounting of, of where where their, the accessibility barriers currently exist and their plan to fix them, as well as an efficient means of getting in touch with a contact who can help them with any accessibility issues they might be experiencing as a result of that company. So the accessibility statement serves many functions, um, but it really helps kind of be that guiding force for everyone within the organization. You know, that's a great point. And, and I'd like to maybe talk a little bit more about how do you convince businesses to really embrace the idea of uh, uh, accessibility statement. So I want to hold that thought. We want to, we'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Carolyn DeRosier from uh, Scribly, and of course we got Trip Rems from Aurora, Hawaii. This is Bike Marks Cafe. Support for Bike Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bike Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Carolyn DeRosier. She's the founder and CEO of Scribly. And we've got Trip Rems from Aurora, Hawaii. And right before the break, we were kind of talking about 
you know, the ways of perhaps uh, getting content to be more seamlessly accessible and the responsibility of that would lie pretty much on the shoulders of the content uh, creators and the, the businesses that are really funding the, you know, the creation of um, whether it's the websites or, or things like, uh, you know, videos or, or podcasts. And, and so, Caroline, Carolyn, um, in terms of, uh, you know, this accessibility statement, I think that's a great idea, and I would love to see you know an example of that. Maybe I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll email you separately uh, uh, for that. But how would you go about convincing a company or a you know let's say an organization that they should embrace something like an accessibility statement? Sure. So I think it's all about connecting accessibility to other things that are very important at an organization. Uh, a company may have made a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. That may have been something that they had, had done and, and not even realizing that accessibility is a key part of inclusion. Um, so there's that. And then also you know, just thinking about reaching a wider audience of people. Um, if, if, you, if more people can actually access uh, the content on your website or your electronic documents, then you can expand your users. You can expand your customers. Uh, and at the same time, also creating a welcoming space for them. So it is uh, a win-win in a lot of cases um, if you can find those points that really hit home uh, that go directly to the company's values. And and Trip, in terms of accessibility and of course, you know, in terms of government websites, I mean, there's uh, uh, the ADA and, and there's certain sort of uh, requirements that government websites need to be accessible. Is that enough of a, uh, let's say, incentive to have websites be accessible? And I think uh, part of the question is, how do you build more, let's say, advocates for making this, uh, you know, this uh, technology more seamless in terms of uh, you know reaching the community of this you know the the community of disability uh, individuals. That's a great question. So uh, there is Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act, which covers organizations which receive federal funds and requires them to provide uh, information technology in accessible format for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the regulations are somewhat murky. Um, you also have ADA Title III, which covers places of public accommodation. Um, that has been used, used as the grounds of a lawsuit, several law, many, many lawsuits regarding website accessibility, um, because in, in areas where uh, there's a nexus or, or where you can draw a nexus between the physical location and a, web, and a business website, uh, many businesses have been held liable for the inaccessibility inaccessibility of their website. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is some legal peril to uh, making not making your content and your websites accessible for people with disabilities. But I think Carolyn brought up a great point of opening up uh, your content to a wider audience. I think uh, I think the statistics are some somewhere around 20% of people in the United States report having some sort of disability. Uh, so by making your content accessible, you're really opening up 
your message, your product, uh, your website to a much larger audience, uh, and you're picking up potential consumers you would have perhaps left behind uh, by not making your digital content accessible. And uh, Carolyn, in terms of accessibility and for companies that would like to reach this wider audience, uh, is it merely just a, a matter of them making their, their content available or uh, are you working with you know e-commerce sites that will then try to perhaps uh, convert that into a, a sale in some fashion, a some kind of a transaction? Right. I think there are many places to start with accessibility, uh, but images, videos, and podcasts are um, an area where you just can't achieve any level of accessibility without taking those steps. Mm -hmm. So a company kind of already knows that with, with that content, um, what where they're at with accessibility. So that may be a, a good place to begin because you can kind of chip away at uh, perhaps new products that are added, um, making sure that alt text is included uh, from here on out, uh, social me media videos that are posted, uh, making sure those have captions. There can be kind of a go-forward strategy. Um, and then, you know, as, as you know, the, the standard operating procedure is, is put into place, you can explore more beyond that um, when it comes to content accessibility. So I think that there are many different approaches and also, you know, just making the decision of whether to hire a vendor like Scribly. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know that you have, uh, don't have the internal resources or the capabilities to do that in-house, that can be a good decision. Uh, you can also handle this work in-house as well, uh, maybe by finding the right person on the marketing team to write those alt text descriptions. Well, you know, also actually provides training and consulting in those areas. So I think it's really, it just depends on approach. So Carolyn, um, for people that are interested in finding out more about Scribly, uh, where would you direct them? Oh, sure. So uh, they can go to our website, which is scriblytribe.com. Uh, we're also on social media uh, on most of the platforms, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and you can find us by just searching Scribly. And uh, that's a great way to get in touch. Um, if you want an email address, uh, you can email hello at scribelytribe.com. And, and in terms of the kind of, uh, let's say, work you might provide to a, a client, uh, is it, is it um, do you deal with larger companies? I mean, what is the typical profile of, of your client? Sure. So we work with small organizations. We work with larger organizations. Um, right now, we don't really turn turn anyone away. We just want to help with um, wherever they're at in their accessibility journey, and sometimes that means starting slow. Mm -hmm. uh, so we work with um, all different types of, of companies. And and Trip, uh, you know, in terms of the services you provide, I mean, where can people find out more information about uh, Aurora Hawaii? Absolutely. So they can visit us online at aurorahawaii.com uh, or uh, they can search for us. Uh, they just search for Aurora Hawaii. Uh, shouldn't have any problems finding our website. Uh, I think you are also going to post our website on the Bitemark website or HPR. Yep, I will definitely do that. And, and uh, um, Trip, I mean, are there any sort of uh, general resources you might want to recommend? Uh, yeah, so there, there are a lot of resources out there for website accessibility. I, I think one particularly good one, 
to look at is uh, webaim.org. Oh, that's good. Um, they, they actually provide, uh, they develop well, their own. Trip, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll post that uh, webaim on our website later on tonight, but I really appreciate both of you uh, sharing all those resources. And Carolyn uh, DeRosier, she's the founder, CEO of Scribely. Trip Rems is the founder of Aurora Hawaii. And of course, I want to thank you both for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the Euclid Space Telescope. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org. And of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. In the meantime, you stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Oh,